0: You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. But he is an incredible man of God, and uh, I want him to have his liberty today. Whatever the Lord would ask him to do, he's going to be with us again tonight. But whatever the Lord would ask him to do, I want him to feel at liberty to do that We're honored that he's here. Would you give a warm Calvary welcome to Evangelist Eli Hernandez?
1: Thank you, Pastor Ellis. Praise the Lord, everyone. You may be seated. You've been sitting a while. Did you notice when Jesus walked into this house in a very tangible form, we were singing about him. We were singing about the greatness of his name And about that moment, there was a shift that took place. How many of you recognize that? Say amen. You recognize that, and that's the induction to the miraculous. When God shows up like that and you can feel the presence of God, it's not so he can tease you. It's because there's a present activity going on in God's mind that he wants to distribute into your body, mind, soul, and spirit. He wants to make a transfer into your world. He wants to cause something from heaven to be deposited into your spirit, into your soul chamber. And I come to you full of faith this morning. God is going to fill you with the greatest gift that He has out of His treasure house from heaven to earth. It's the gift of God. Everybody say, the gift of God. God has come to open His treasure chest. Did you know God has a treasure chest? Bible says so. Out of his treasure chest comes his wind. Well, you know what the wind is reference of? That's his spirit. God says, I'm going to open my treasure chest, and I'm going to take my best gift, and I'm going to give it to people who may feel unworthy, who may feel unqualified, and who may feel like they're not in a position where they receive it. But God is not giving you a reward. He's giving you a gift. And there is a major difference between a reward and a gift. A reward is what you worked for. A gift is because somebody loves you. God is about to love on your soul. God's about to love into your world. God's about to love on your spirit. God's about to love on your circumstance. God is about to love on your body, on your mind, on your spirit, on your soul. He's not waiting. He showed up while you were singing and said, I can't wait to do this for your soul. And I'm here in advance. Today, God will trust you with his divine treasure. It's actually trust on his part and faith on our part. You only have to have faith to receive God, the things of God, the spirit of God, the movement of God. You know why you speak in tongues? It's very simple. It's not just a biblical thing. It's a cultural thing. hablar Do you know why I speak in Spanish? I wasn't raised in Mexico. I didn't jump a wall to get here. I thought I'd get your attention. <laughs> no, no, no. My dad came from Mexico. And so I speak Spanish porque en la casa de mi padre es más fácil hablar en español que inglés. Because in my father's house, it's easier for me to speak Spanish than it is English. Why? It's the language of our culture. So I don't speak in Spanish because I went to school. That's the language of my father's house. Do you know why I speak in tongues? Because when I come into my father's house, It's a cultural thing. There's something happens when heaven comes down upon us, and the culture of heaven begins to stir up the spirit of man. And God says, hey, let's just have a little talk with Jesus. Amen. Let's just tell him all about our trouble. Amen. He'll hear your faintest cry. He will answer you from situation to situation. That's the God that showed up in this house. Because he's going to fill you with his greatest gift. Look at somebody say, say, he's really going to do it. So God said, what your purpose is today is to remove the barrier from where they're at to where I've come. So let me help remove the barrier. He say, well, I don't need it. Of course you need it. It's kind of like. Visa or American Express or MasterCard. Don't leave home without it. Same thing with the Holy Ghost. You know what Holy Spirit means in the Greek? Breath of God. It's actually God giving you his breath. So to say I don't want it or I don't need it, what you're telling God is I don't want your breath. That would be like the first Adam saying I'm good as mud. Don't breathe into me. No, God says, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm about to breathe into the second Adam. And this life is going to bring eternal value into your soul chamber. And you're going to speak in a heavenly language, words and sounds that you do not understand. He's not going to make you do that. He's going to let you do that. It's the greatest treasure on this planet. Do you know, according to Dr. Newberg in Pennsylvania, that your frontal lobe goes into dormancy when you start speaking in a heavenly language? You know what that means? You finally get a break from the stress you've been under. This is a stress-free environment when you get in the Holy Ghost. It actually causes your body to rest. Rest. Actually, when God fills you with this spirit, he loses components. According to Carl Peterson, another doctor, brain surgeon in Oklahoma, he says two chemicals are released in your body when you're speaking in tongues. You know what they are? One of them is serotonin in its natural state. Serotonin, doctor, in its natural state, kills cancer cells. No wonder Paul said I talk in tongues more than you all. Why? Because there's healing in your Holy Ghost. If you want to be healed, start talking in tongues a lot. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. That's why God's come, to remove the barrier, to make you understand. This is a gift. I'm giving it to you. I'm not asking you to ask for it. If you ask for it, ask one time. Let's all ask right now just to get it out of the way. Let's tell the Lord, Lord, fill us with your spirit. We ask you in Jesus' name according to your word. Okay, no more asking after this. You asked one time. You used your mouth, your words, your voice. God says, okay, I'm going to do it. It's my promise. It's my guarantee. It's the God's guarantee. I'm coming to your house, to your soul, to your spirit. I'm going to fill you because it's my promise. It's my word. It's established in the book, and I shall do what I said. So there's this story in the Bible in John chapter 4. It's a unique story in the fact that Jesus says, I I need to go through Samaria. And the disciples are looking at him kind of crosswise because that's not the quickest way to where they're going. And they say, yeah, wrong way. Samaritans are over there. Samaritans were considered in those days culturally as dogs, as it's referred to one time. And he's going to a place that's called Sychar. Sychar in the Greek actually means end or dead end. Some of you are at a dead end. And God just showed up. How do you know he showed up? Because while we were singing that song, did you feel it shift? You said you did. That's God's proof that he just showed up at your well. I told pastor, asked me if I wanted to take it. I said, no, I want him to get used to it. Why? Because it's not leaving. When he shows up, he doesn't just say, oh, nice to see you, and leaves. No, he's showing up because he's about to lose something inside your spirit. He's going to lose healing. He's going to lose deliverance. You think there's habits that God can't break? Nothing's too hard for God. So when God shows up, it's with a purpose. It's with an intent. Think about this. He showed up knowing who you are and knowing what you've done. Just like he showed up in John chapter 4. Knowing who she was and knowing what she'd done. Why? Because if he shows up, it's not based on what you've done wrong or right. It's because he's shown up to give you something that's going to help the wrong and make it right. So do not let the toying torture of condemnation separate you from what showed up. Okay? Because people feel God and they think, you know, why why don't they respond to God sometimes like they respond at a soccer game or at a OSU game? Is it because... That's greater than this? No, that's not why. The reason they can respond out there is that that doesn't bring what they've done wrong to their attention. So they can immediately respond to a touchdown or their grandkid, you know, knocking it over the fence. Nobody has to lean over and say, Grandma, your your grandson just hit a home run. She's out of her mind. Wow! What's wrong with her? Oh, it's her grandson. Oh, okay, that's fine. Why is that fine and this not fine? Well, let me explain it, why it's not. Because, see, when Jesus shows that, it it exposes us. And so, like Adam and Eve, the first tendency is, you know, do you think God showed up before they sinned? Of course. He used to come into that garden. They would commune with God. They didn't have any trouble. They didn't go behind trees and hide. They'd heard him before, but this time the Bible says that when he showed up in chapter 3 of Genesis that his, they could hear him walking. I thought, huh. You know what that reminds me of? My mother when I did something wrong. You know, it's the same mother. It's the same legs and the same feet walking down the same hall. But if I hadn't done anything wrong, mom's coming and it's a good thing because she's just cooked for me. But if I hear those same legs with those same feet with that same mom coming down the hall and I know I did something wrong, those feet don't sound the same. Now they sound like. Why? Because I can picture a belt, I can picture the whipping post. Why? Because I'm seeing judgment instead of love. If Adam and Eve could have only realized he's not coming to judge them, he's coming to cover them. He's about to make skin coats from the animals, and he's about to cover them by a sacrifice. Do you know why you're feeling God? Because he's about to fill you with his spirit. He's about to cover So don't misinterpret his visitation with the error of your failures. Does that make sense? It's supposed to. So this woman comes to draw water and Jesus says, give me to drink. She looks at him, knowing that she's living with a guy who she's not married to, which is still sin. Boy, that was a weak response for an apostolic church. Wow, was it something I said? (laughs) I need to take my coat off of this. Dr. Right, appears I'm going to have to do surgery. (laughs) And she says... uh, Why are you asking me for something to drink? Don't you know we don't talk to each other? You know, I I was raised in kind of that culture. (laughs) You just didn't go to certain parts of town, and they didn't come to ours. (laughs) And he's in that part of town. If I could say it in modern terms, he's in the hood. (laughs) And she looks at him and says, what you doing in the hood? You don't belong here, man. You're not of our type. You're not of our kind. He said, if you knew who I was. You know what she's saying? If you knew who I was. They're both saying the same thing. She doesn't know she's talking to God manifesting the flesh. She doesn't know she's talking to the life giver that's about to pour into her spirit. She doesn't know that what he's about to say is going to deliver her from her cyclic pattern that she can't shake off. But on the other hand, you don't know what I'm going through, sir. If you were where I'm at right now, you might not be talking to me at all. Isn't that what people do? Well, I ain't coming to that altar. He, he just don't know. If he would have gone through what I went through, he, he wouldn't be talking like that. It's a defense mechanism. Why? Compartmentalization. It's a security chamber. Why? Because you're a little hesitant because you know your life, and you don't think God could possibly give you something this great but let me remove that from you. He's dealing with a woman that's not even of the same culture of which he said later in the scriptures that he didn't even have anything to do with them because he came to the Jews first. But yet he's there. On behalf of obviously Jacob's well, he's there. That's historical got to go back and read through all that, but I'm not going to go to that today. But watch what he says. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest, watch what he says, the gift of God. Why? Because everybody knows the law of God. He said, you're dealing with life based on the principles of the law of God. And you know when you do right or wrong. Isn't it funny? You don't have to teach a kid how to lie. What parent ever taught a, taught a kid how to lie? Shame on you if you did. You just magnified the point. They seem to learn that by themselves. Can I get a witness, every parent? <laughs> it's like, how did we come up with that crazy story that is not even close to the truth? And she did it. You know, my daughter has a time, hard time blaming her sister because she doesn't have one. <laughs> you know, when you're an only child, you're pretty much tough out of venue. <laughs> I don't use the word luck. I live in Las Vegas, the city of grace. Because where sin doth abound. Thank you. (laughs) I I, I felt you when, when he said I was from Las Vegas. They're like, huh? An evangelist from Las Vegas? What, they don't need Jesus? She said... If you knew who was talking to you, lady, you would be asking me to give you to drink. <laughs> and you would be given living water. Boy, she throws, he throws a curveball at her and she's living water. Where's that at? And so she probes the question, a defense mechanism, and she says, are you greater then the owner of this well, you know, she's threw up at him, the law, religion, what she's comfortable with because she started to feel his Don't you think she felt the presence of God? I mean, we're talking about Jesus here. And if, and if, and if, and if John the Baptist who was in Elizabeth's womb, remember that story and Mary walks in and John does a flip, remember that story? So if between one layer of flesh through another layer of flesh, John the Baptist could actually feel Jesus in another womb, don't you think that woman could feel the presence of Jesus standing right in front of her? You know what that did. It made her uncomfortable. She got real uneasy. So she starts throwing up her defense. You know what she's doing, she's like, wait, I got to check you out first. I, I need to check because I, I, I've never heard this kind of stuff before, so it's throwing me off guard. And Jesus the whole time is saying, all I want you to do, I'm not trying to get you to understand the law. Obviously, you don't. Look at how you're living. But if I can get you to understand the gift, the law will be no problem later on. If I can just get you to understand, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to gift you. She brings up the defense mechanism because of her errors in her life. He said, woman you got to start comprehending. I'm not bringing up the obvious. I'm bringing up the secret chamber. I'm bringing up what I don't just give out to anybody. I give it to those that are hungry. You know why you're in this room? Because you're hungry. Amen. You're not coming just to check it out. They told you what was going to happen this weekend. They told you. Amen. The whole goal and purpose of why you were coming to church. The reason you're in the house of the Lord is because you've got a hunger for God, and God said, I like that. I'm going to show up before the preacher gets up. So she does the North American thing. She says, so how are you going to do this? You have nothing to draw with. Show me how it works, and then I'll see if I want it. (laughs) This is where faith comes in. You got to have faith in God. Faith isn't telling God what you want and then he does it. Faith is releasing God to do whatever he wants and whatever he does, you're okay with it. (laughs) Are you greater than Jacob? (laughs) So Jesus just cut through all the thick... And fat in verse 13, and he says to her, Okay, let me make it plain to you. Whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, where well, you keep coming and you keep doing your religion thing, and still there's unsatisfactory parts in your life that you are not happy with. He said, But if you drink from the water, watch these words that I might give him, is that what it says? Wait, it's not up there. Put it up there. Come on, verse, come with me. Verse 14, come with me. Come with me. Quickly, come push that button. Push that dial. Turn that down. Oh, there you go. Praise God. There it is. But whosoever drinketh of the water, what does it say? That I shall give him. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. He says, if you'll say yes, I'll give it to you. This is not, It might well, what if it doesn't? No, get that out of your mind. God starts speaking in command form. When God gets excited, he gets in his command mode. He commands the blessing. He commands the miracle. He commands the sign. He commands the wonder. So when he starts using this kind of terminology, it's not a suggestion. It's not like, well, you know, some might, some might not. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon most flesh, upon some flesh. Upon teenage flesh. God knows they need it. Upon all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. flesh. Pinch your neighbor lightly. Say, yep, you're flesh. Yep. That means you. That means you. That means God is wanting to come upon you. He just needs you to say, okay. Okay, Jesus, I've come. I will receive what you're gifting me today. I mean, come on, you guys show up for what? Little digital cameras that are worth three bucks because they told you they're giving away free cameras and you got to endure a two-hour speech from a guy that's trying to sell you a bunch of stuff you don't even need. And you'll take the three-day vacation to Vegas because you only have to pay the taxes and be brutalized for two hours while they try to sell you a resort. Yeah, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. We get 47 million of you every year. Uh Uh-huh. And God says, here, I'll gift you. And you don't even have to take two hours to get it. I'll give it to you in two seconds. I'll give it to you in two minutes. I'll give it to you as soon as you lift your hands and begin to acknowledge, hey, the king of king is here. I believe. I shall give him. And he shall never thirst. But the water, watch this, that I shall give him. He says it twice. If you know anything about theology, when the scripture declares something twice, it's an emphatic. It's an imperative. It's an absolute. It's a no-brainer. God's going to do it. He mentions it twice, not because he's stuttering or he forgot what he said 10 seconds ago. He said, I shall give him. And it shall be in him. Everybody say, in me a well of springing water. Okay, so if you get a well of springing water and you don't talk in tongues, what kind of well is that? You ever heard a river that doesn't make noise? No such thing. It doesn't exist. If you put your ear down to the smallest little creek or creek, depending which part of the country you're from, you can hear a sound. That's why he said living water. Why? This thing's bubbling. And I ain't ever heard bubbling water that didn't make a sound. When I open my sparkling water, it doesn't go, no, no, no. It it goes, it's got this little fizzle to it. You know what happens when you get the Holy Ghost? It starts bubbling. And there's a sound that comes. That's the reason your tongue and your mouth start to change. Why? Because in your natural state, that doesn't accomplish anything. You can do more in your spiritual state. I've actually spoken in tongues in Chinese in Vancouver. And the lady looked at me and said, what? She said, she told her daughter, tell him he speaks very good Chinese. I said, tell her I don't speak Chinese. She's rebuking me, man. I'm like, I don't speak Chinese. I said, look, she had just gotten the Holy Ghost for the first time. I said, the reason God let that happen was so you could know this is real. This is God. And so he let me speak in Chinese for 10 seconds to prove to you, I don't know Chinese. But God let me speak in Chinese to affirm his gifting in her life. And she goes, oh. (laughs) I said, she's got it. That's very good. Why? He's trying to gift you. He's trying to gift you. (laughs) He said, you won't thirst when I give you this. If you'll use it and exercise it and make it a daily habit, you will not thirst. She said, okay, I want this water. I want it. He said, okay, it's time to repent. He didn't say that. Sure he did. He said, go call your husband. Repent. Why? Because repentance is the quickest way to disconnect you from the atrocities that hell has attacked you with. Hell cannot handle repentance. That's why he tries to get people not to repent until it gets bad enough. Now, let me explain repentance in a nutshell. I I could preach on it, but I won't. But repentance isn't as much just what it removes. It's also actually greater in what it unlocks. (laughs) most of these people in here if you're a visitor most of these people never even heard this this principle amen because it's not common because most people repent to get rid of stuff but if you do a, a intense study of repentance it actually unlocks more than what it removes so when you repent, you know what's happening to you? You're actually disconnecting yourself from fleshly actions. You're disconnecting yourself from the ability of hell to actually reach you. And you have a disconnect take place because you're about to disconnect from the world, disconnect from hell, disconnect from the flesh, disconnect from society's, amen, pressure, mental pressure of system in the world trying to get upon us. And you start reconnecting to the God that made you, the God that created us, the God that formed us. And that's why you start feeling the presence of God. But repentance is the entrance gate, not the exit gate. So let's, let's try it. Let's try it. Let's, uh, let's close our eyes and, you know, I mean, you, God knows what you did. God knows who you are. And God knows where you're living. So don't get silent on him. Don't go like. Mm-hmm. No, and you don't have to spill your guts in front of everybody. God already knows your guts. He created your guts. So I want you to open your mouth or use your voice out of the abundance of your heart. Let your mouth say something in the atmosphere and close your eyes and lift your hands if you'd like to. That's a good sign of surrender and tell the Lord, Lord, I do repent, God. I repent for the things that are habitual in my life that I have a hard time shaking. I repent, Lord God, for things I said this week, last month, last year that are still hanging in my spirit. Lord, I repent for attitudes, God, that try to compress on my mind or my heart. Of my soul. I repent, Lord, for things that I thought in my brain that were contrary to your word or your will or your way. God, I repent for making religion greater than relationship. Lord, I repent, Lord Jesus, for causing things, Lord, to get close to my life that I knew did not belong to, but I didn't know how to stop them. God, forgive us of our debts. Forgive us, oh God, of our debtors, Lord, everything that has come against us, whether it's our fault or not. God, I'm asking you, presumptuous sins to take into the account today. God, I'm repenting before you. I'm humbling myself before you, Lord, I pray. You hear my cry. You hear our supplication, Lord. You hear our cry out unto you, God, in this atmosphere. Go ahead. Talk to him. Go ahead. Open your mouth. Go ahead. Lift your voice. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Let it out. 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 Be sincere with God. You don't have to cry. You can cry, but you don't have to, but you do have to be sincere. Sincerely tell God, God, I really am sorry. God, I really want you close. Lord, I really want you to consume my heart, my soul, my spirit, my being. Lord, I'm asking you to come draw nigh unto me as I draw nigh unto you by repenting. Lord, God, of the fears and the failures, God, forgive me for having fear instead of faith. Forgive me for having doubt, Lord, instead of hope. Forgive me, O Lord, for having anger instead of love. Forgive me, O Lord, for having confusion instead of clarity and revelation forgive me oh god i pray disconnect those things from my family from my life from our from our environment from our home lord god forgive lord any curse that came up in my brain or out of my mouth god forbid lord forgive it oh god for even coming within reach for coming within the arena of my mind forgive us oh lord Jesus. Forgive us, Jesus. Forgive us this day. Our debts. Would you say that? That's scriptural. Forgive us this day, our debts. As we forgive our debtors. Now I want you to release your debtors. Release your debtors. Release your debtors. Say, God, they did me harm. But right now, in your presence, I trust you. At this moment, I release my debtors, God. I release revenge. I release offense. I release unforgiveness. I release blame. I release accusation. I release everything that ties itself to the debtor. I release it, Lord. I release it so you can be able to gift me. I'm going to be gifted by you, so I release it. The value of your gift is greater than my revenge. The value of your gift is greater than my offense. The value of your gift is greater than my unforgiveness. The value of your gift is greater, oh God, than my retaliation. for God, I release my debtor. I don't, my brain doesn't know how, but my spirit releases the debtor. My spirit releases the debtor. Oh, God, for the giver to come close for the giver, to unload for the giver, to release for the giver, to loose upon our souls for the giver. Everybody say in Jesus' name. If you ask the Lord to forgive you, raise your hands. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Look at this all over the building. And I want you to tell the Lord, Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. Take it in like a cup receives water. Just tell him, Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. Say that. Say that multiple times until your brain assimilates to what happened to the spirit of man right now. Until your brain starts hearing you and starts connecting with what has happened in your spirit. I receive your forgiveness. Clap your hands as you're saying it. Clap your hands if You will as you're saying it. That's it. Go ahead. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. He's drawing nigh. Why? The barrier just got taken out. Amen. The deficiency just got removed. God has taken away what kept you from receiving. Mm. Doesn't that feel good? Oh, yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. This is good stuff. It's good stuff. I won't even dare compare it to drugs. Not even Kemp can do this. Praise the Lord. Everybody that repented, stand to your feet. Everybody that has faith, step out of your pew and come to the front. Everyone that has faith. Because you have to have faith to get to the next step where God starts gifting. You can't receive a gift from God without faith. It's impossible. Because why? Because Hebrews tells us, he that cometh to God must what? Okay, now that you know the answer, the answer is believe. He that cometh to God must believe. So I want all believers to move forward. Move forward. Just move in, move in, move in, move in. And those of you that have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost... And you want God to gift you with His Spirit, I want you to raise your hand as you're coming. Raise your hand as you're coming. Uh huh. One's gonna get it. Two's gonna get it. Three's gonna get it. Four's gonna get it. Five's gonna get it. Six's gonna get it. Seven's gonna get it. Eight's gonna get it. Nine's gonna get it. Ten are gonna get it. Uh-huh, 11 are going to get it, 12 are going to get it, uh-huh. You know why? I believe everybody's going to get it. You know why? Because we repented, and when we repent, we open the floodgate for God to come down and do what he promised that he was going to do, and he has promised it. He said, I will, I shall, I will, I shall. Oh, I feel a witness of the Spirit of God. How about you? So I want you to to, to find a, a prayer partner. Okay, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, raise your hand so a uh, ministry team can help you pray. Okay, get in front of them. Please get in front of them. Please get in front of them. One per one. Okay, one to one. Help me out. Raise your hand. If you had your hand raised just a moment ago, please raise it high so somebody can get to you. I need one person to get in front of that person. Help me quickly. Please don't delay and move quickly because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us in this moment. Everybody say faith as they're doing that. Say faith. I want you to say, I have faith that God is going to gift me. Say that God is going to gift me. Look at your neighbor. Say, I have faith that God is going to gift you. He's going to gift you. It's his promise. It's his word. I want you to listen. Listen. Please listen. You have to have desire. It's obvious we do or we wouldn't have come. You cannot receive without desire. You have to desire him. Don't desire him to answer the stuff you're going through right now. That's not what we're focusing on. We're focusing on him because his spirit is going to gift us in this very moment. Everybody say focus. Focus. I have watched over a half a million people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, all of them speaking in other tongues. But here's the point. I have never given the Holy Ghost to anybody because I cannot give it. The Lord is going to gift you with his spirit. So put your focus right on the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody get in front of this lady right here in this aisle because she, oh yeah, no, you're not okay. The Lord's going to come and he's going to grace you because he's going to help you. He's going to help you. He's going to help you. that's right come on amen that's good praise the lord come on praise the lord i know i i read all kinds of stuff about you i read about three pages worth but i'm not here to embarrass you i'm here to help you and god's gonna help you today like never before he's gonna help you somebody say he's gonna help you Mm-hmm. Put your focus right on the Lord Jesus Christ When you're praying just think about the Lord I don't know what he looks like Your guess is as good as mine I've seen his hands I've never gotten to see his face and, uh, But he's pure, he's holy, he's just, he's righteous So I want you to put your focus right on the Lord Jesus Christ Okay, everybody say Jesus I don't want you talking, I want you listening Everybody listen Because I'm giving instruction Everybody say Brother Hernandez is teaching That's right. I'm going to speak the word of faith in just a moment. God is going to come with his spirit and loose it into your soul. You're going to feel your tongue and your mouth want to change. When you feel that, don't fight it. Relax. This is the rest, not the stress. Okay? So when you feel God's spirit moving upon you, relax, speak what's coming out. He's going to give you words to speak and they come one word at a time, but you're going to do the talking. He's not going to grab your tongue, drag it out, knock you on the ground and make you say stuff. No, when you feel his spirit on you, be sensitive to the chains, God's going to fill you with his spirit. Now I want everybody to look at me just for a moment. When they start speaking in tongues, can everybody do this right now? Just do a thumbs up for me. I want you to do that when they start speaking in tongues so we can count what's going on in the spirit. Now, those of you that aren't praying for somebody, I want you to pray for somebody next to you until they are speaking in tongues because some people in this room need a refreshing of the spirit. They need an outpouring that comes and refreshes their soul and God's gonna gift you with things for your journey as you are praying in the spirit because he doesn't just have... Have one gift. He has a bunch of. I want you to say the word of worship. It's imperative that we worship the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So when you're worshiping, don't ask. Don't plead. We already repented. Don't say, God, please. We already asked him to fill us with his spirit. We did that one time, and he will give the Holy Spirit to them that ask. That's a singular tense word in Luke chapter 11. So we already asked. Don't ask. Don't plead. Don't beg. And don't do it through the filter of your mistakes do it under the approach that I've already repented and now I've come to receive a gift. Does that make sense? Amen if it does. I'm going to say hallelujah in just a moment. When I say hallelujah, that's your cue to begin to worship God with hallelujah. Amen. With your eyes closed and your hands raised, as long as it takes for the Spirit of God to begin to flow through you, continue to worship God with hallelujah, with the loudest voice that you have, and God is going to fill your soul. Are you ready? Say amen. Amen. Lift your hands both in the air. Lift your hands both in the air. Amen. Close your eyes. Concentrate on Jesus. Wait until I say hallelujah. By the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name Jesus and by the anointing that is upon us as children of God receive ye the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah one just got the holy ghost let's in go ahead pray that's the holy ghost upon your soul pray in the holy ghost pray in the holy ghost pray in the holy ghost That's the Lord. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. Let the Holy Ghost do that right there. Let that flow, let that flow. That's the gift of God. Pray for somebody. Pray for somebody. Don't pray by yourself. Pray for somebody. Link up with somebody.
0: This podcast was brought to you by The Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about The Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people